So I say the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. I was at the gym um, this week, and uh, one of our members, um, or the attendees, he, he, I don't think he actually joined, he said, oh, Pastor Maurice, I saw him there. He said, Pastor Maurice, you know, that message last week was amazing. He said, I cannot get that thought of my, out of my mind, think differently. He said, so every day I'm thinking differently. I'm more patient, and I'm keeping that in my head, think differently. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And so I hope you also have been blessed by this message on thinking, um, your, your thinking matters. So we're going to just do uh, outline review and then we're going to go into the last portion of this. Today is the last day that we're going to be talking about your thinking matters. Um, we said, number one, think destiny. Number two, think deliverance. Number three, think devour and divide. And then four, Yes, last week we went instinctively into think differently. And we looked over Romans 12, 2, which says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Then I read from you from the CEV version, and it says, Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Then I read from the ICB version that says, do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed with a new way of thinking. I like that, a new way of thinking. Somebody say, I'm going to be changed with a new way of thinking. I love that. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. So a lot of people don't really are able to discern what God wants for them because their thinking hasn't been changed. And you'll be able to know what is good and pleasing to God and what is perfect. All right. And then I read to you from the Phillips translation and says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice what the that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands and moves towards the good, the goal of true maturity. So let me address um, one thing today. Um, I, last week we talked about um, sexual sins. We talked about, um, what else we talked about? Anybody remember? We, we talked about the course of this world, how the world wants you to do certain things. We talked about going on vacation with your boyfriend or girlfriend. We talked about that, right? So there's different things that the world does and that people, I mean, people in the church are from the world. <laughs> you got born, you didn't, you didn't come from outer space, you came from the world. So there's some things from the world, and the way the world does is going to be in your thinking if it's not renewed. Amen? Okay, but there's a lot of things. Now, the church world, especially um, conservative churches, Pentecostal, charismatic, but even non Pentecostal churches like the Southern Baptists, who are conservative and other ones, um, they focus so much on don't have sex before marriage, don't drink, and you would think that's the only sins in the Bible. And that is not true. First of all, drinking is not a sin. I think everybody in one church knows that, right? Anybody who's gone here knows that, right? Some of my spiritual leaders, heroes, still think drinking is a sin, or they preach it like it is, and it's false. It's not in the Bible. Drinking is not a sin. What's a sin? 
Everybody. Getting drunk. Everybody say it. One, two, three. Getting drunk is a sin. God is not pleased. You grieve the Holy Spirit if you get drunk. So I know some of you drink. Don't get drunk. Period. End of story. Amen. Hallelujah. And going to a wedding is not the excuse to get your drink on. Oh, it's free drinks. We all having a good time. Okay, have a good time. Don't get drunk. End of story. Because when you get drunk, you're sending the message that I need something to alter my thinking to be free. If you can only express yourself when you're drunk, you have a problem emotionally and you need to go get counseling or go to Jesus and say, Lord, change me. (laughs) Or if you need to drink to have fun, you have a problem. Amen. Amen. Drinking is not made to make you express your personality. Yes, there is some some things with drinking you feel as they call it nice. <laughs> but you feel nice without drinking. Amen. Amen. What does Paul say in the New Covenant? He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You should have such an interconnection with the Holy Ghost that you can just be expressive. Amen. Is the Holy Spirit expressive? Yes, is. is the Holy Spirit creative? Yes. Then you should be the same because he lives inside of you. And watch this. Watch this. Whoever you're around, you adopt some of their personality. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit lives in you. If you're not looking more like the Holy Spirit, then I know he's more like a spiritual hitchhiker than anything. And we don't want that, do we? We want to have the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is is the God of freedom. Amen. Some people, we're talking about, again, thinking differently. Some people count their culture greater than the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of liberty. And if you was raised to be confound, break that. That's tradition of men. That makes the word of God of none effect. That's not the personality of the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you feel afraid all the time, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit ain't afraid of nobody. And he tells us, by the word, do not be afraid. Amen? If you live in trepidation and you're always... Um, suspicious of people, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, that the first fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. The Bible says love believes the best about others. So the spirit of suspicion is not the Holy Spirit either. This is all the ways the world thinks. You're going to be suspicious of this person. You're going to be suspicious of that person. You're going to be scared of this person. You're going to be scared of that person. That's not God. You're not here to live. Oh, and then now on Facebook, I mean Instagram, everybody's talking about and people doing courses on developing your discernful gift. Oh my God. What a scam. First of all, nobody has a discernful gift. It's false. And if you've seen people do that, that's just a bunch of BS. Sorry. Nonsense. That's the way I should say it. Amen. The Bible says that there's something called the discerning of spirits. It has nothing to do with your discernful gift. Everybody has discernment. Even children have discernment. And the Bible says that that, that discernment is, is matured and, and when you learn the, the difference between good and evil and, and it's going to become something that you mature in. But it's not a gift. It's something that we all have. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. So don't think like the world. So this is the one that I want to really hit on today. That was just for free. 
I have constantly, I've preached this a lot of times, I've constantly heard people write on Facebook, social media, they've said it with their words over and over again. Tomorrow is not promised to no one. How many of you have heard people say that? How many of you have seen people write it? In this church, we don't say that. It is a curse. But Satan was slick. He made it part of the culture. So now Christians are saying it all the time too. Tomorrow is promised to no one. So enjoy your life now. It's terrible, 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 terrible. To say those words is to discount every scripture that talks about long life. To say those words is to call God a liar. We think differently. So never say tomorrow is not promised. It's a lie. The Bible says with long life, I will what? Satisfy you. The number one scripture every kid is taught in Sunday school has the promise of long life with it. Honor your mother and your father that your days may be what? Long on the earth. Oh, tomorrow's not promised? How can my days be long on the earth? If tomorrow's not promised, how can my days be long on the earth? Be a thinker. I was never one, even when I was a teenager, like I said, the 14, even when I was born again, I never just let people tell me stuff. I was on fire for God. I was going to write to that word. I was like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. I've been saying that's wrong since I was 14. <laughs> then I left my non-Pentecostal church and came over to the Pentecostal church. I said, okay, this is better, but that's wrong, and that's wrong, and that's wrong. You know why that was happening? God was developing me and shaping me so I can be a pure voice of his word. You are here to be a pure voice of his word. Amen? Somebody say a pure voice. voice. Somebody shout, tomorrow is promised. promised. Somebody say, we think differently. We We speak differently. differently. I will live long long and strong strong in Jesus' name. name. You ever heard um, your mother or your father my, my parents, my grandpa, everybody in my culture done it. Oh, you're going to take care of me when I get old. Even when I was a teen, young, I told my mother, no, I'm not. She was like, what? I'm not taking care of you. Go take care of yourself. Why? Because I knew on the inside that she was speaking death. She was speaking corruption to her body, to her future. Why are you speaking death over yourself saying, you're going to take care of me when I get old. Why are you not strong when you're old? Hello? So every parent in here say, you ain't going to take care of me when I get old. You're not wiping my behind. You're not feeding me nothing. And I won't be drooling. Hallelujah. Somebody she needs to shout up in here. You better receive that blessing. I will take care of myself all the days of my life. It's a blessing spoken, and the Bible says, as my days are, so shall my strength be. So you should be as strong as the long as you live. Come on, somebody. Rejoice. Change your thinking. So if your grandma, auntie, mama, daddy saying that, say, hey, chill on that. Tell them, no, you're going to be strong enough to take care of yourself. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you need to proclaim that over yourself. Now, what happens is, I'm going to tell you why some older people say this. They say it because they don't want to be lonely when they get older. That has to be challenged too. Who says you have to be lonely when you get older? Oh, well, all my friends may die like this person. They're 90 and all their friends died. Okay, get new friends Amen. at 90. Hello? Amen. Go to a little country club, a little senior citizen place, get some new friends. Get some new old friends. Amen. Or why don't you do what you should be doing at 90, investing in the next generation. Give them some of your money that you should have saved up. Amen. Amen. Another theory is that you should be broke at 90 and getting a little welfare check and, and, and social security check and somebody help me. Why can't you be the multimillionaire giving me money? Hello? Amen. Young man, I saved up a lot of money. Here you go. Here's a million dollars for your church. Glory to God. Amen. Leaving the planet rich. Hello? Amen. Why is nobody shouting? Yeah. T.D. Jakes was at CCC in Brooklyn um, promoting his book, Disruptive Thinking. And one of the things he said, oh my God, I wish I had the video, I would play it. He said, black people, because he's talking to us, we have this problem sometimes. We think I get 70, or oh, I'm going to sit in a little corner and, and say, pass me the sweet potato pie. <laughs> and just waiting to die. He said, when other cultures, they're looking to be presidents of nations at 70. I said, whoa, my God, I haven't even thought about that. There's something put in our culture that you're 70, 75, 80, time for you to stop. Do you realize everybody trying to be presidents in other cultures? Rulers of nations at 70 and 75. Hello? So why are we dying at 70? Come on, somebody. Okay, can I tell you something else? Yeah. It's about thinking differently, right? Yeah. Thinking in line with the word, right? Yeah. There's a promise, or people thought it was a promise, in Psalm 90, that you would live to be 70. King James says three score, that kind of stuff. Basically, it's 70. <laughs> 70 years old, and if by reason of strength, that means if you're strong, you can live to be 80. My mentor, my spiritual father taught that. And so people thought, and a lot of people thought that, based on the King James Version, not knowing, having researched properly. This is from Psalm 90, the this, Psalm this right before Psalm 91, the Psalm of Protection. And so people thought, oh, that's long life, 70, and if you've really been eating your, your Wheaties, you're going to live to be 80. Then people really studied and found out that wasn't a blessing. That was actually a psalm written by Moses, and he was talking about a curse. He was lamenting that the people of Israel was dying at 70. And if they happened to be strong, they were dying at 80. And he was saying that's too young to die. That's the same psalm where he says, let us number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom. And people took that out of context and it's thinking that, yeah, we should not expect to live long and let's just number, you know, make sure we, no, 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 that's not what he's trying to say. He's trying to say, make sure that you don't waste your time on the planet. Amen? Now, why would Moses qualify to talk about this? Because Moses lived to be 120. And the Bible says that his eyesight was not dim. Neither was his physical strength reduced. King James says his physical vigor 
So men, you should have vigor up to 120. Sexual vigor, physical vigor, mental vigor. Ladies, vigor even at 120. Come on, somebody. What you laughing at? You said a joke to her? You better watch it, buddy. You're not married yet. <laughs> Got a few more weeks. Calm down. <laughs> physical vigor. Say, say, somebody say, I'm going to be strong. Hallelujah. And live long. Somebody say, I'm going to be strong and live long. My natural strength will not be reduced. Think differently. Somebody say, I, I will think differently by my physical life. And I, some people start doing it when they get 70 and 60. Don't do it that, then do it now. Do it now. Do it now. <laughs> He's paying attention, man. John told me, we were 16, I was getting to the word of faith, we were teenagers. I've known John since we were 16 years old. Isn't that amazing? What's our anniversary? <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, he told me, I remember, and then when he told me this, he told me this a few years ago, I said, oh yeah, I did say that. I was like really wild, word of faith wild. And so, as I remember you saying, I'm never going to be bald. <laughs> he said, I would say it like so aggressively. And I said, yeah, I did say that. Behold. <laughs> Behold. 51, and there's no boldness here. Amen. Here line, nice, right? Very good. Praise God. We can't say the same for him. No, I'm just, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Or, and they're like, what, 10 years younger than me? Wow. I'm messing around. What I'm trying to show you is the power of your voice. I heard a preacher say this. Everybody say this with me. My sound, my sound. is my signature. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, my sound, my sound. is my signature. What you're speaking is what you're signing for. Come on, somebody. Better sign for a better package. Hallelujah. You have bad skin, say, my skin's going to be beautiful. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be clear and nice. You have problems with uh, eczema, say, you ain't going to last forever. You're going, buddy. Hallelujah. Speak life over yourself. Now, notice, we always say in people in the culture saying, now this is one good thing we're saying as black people, black don't crack. Now that's a positive, amen. And notice, ain't that much cracking going on with us. <laughs> as a whole community, we're speaking that life over us, amen? That's beautiful. Speak life over yourself. Somebody say, speak life. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, speak life. All right. So analyze what's going on in the culture. Some things are good, some things are not good. And what's not good, say, I'm not receiving that. Amen? Got to get used to saying, I'm not receiving that. Praise God. Hello? Come on, y'all. All right. Number five. Talking about your thinking matters. We're ending this. These last two points is it. Go with me to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Is the Wi-Fi working? 
Praise God. Wi-Fi is working. I don't know. What is it? Is it automatically working? Or do they have to plug it in? It's just automatically. Okay, good. Psalm 8. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. Powerful psalm. I would encourage you to memorize it. O Lord, our Lord, verse 1. How excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies. It's very interesting, this verse Jesus quoted when he was talking about giving praise to him. And he said, you have perfected praise. He actually translated perfected praise. So from, from what Jesus said and from what this is saying, we know that praise makes you strong. And you want to be a strong individual spiritually and even physically and even financially, be a praiser. So I say, I'm a praiser. praiser. Yeah, you start having problems, don't start complaining. Start praising. Amen. And your problems will bow down to you. Amen. Praise makes you strong. And it silences your enemy. That you, the, the, and the verse says that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. God uses fingers to create this universe and this world. It's not just this world that's created. We're one little planet. There's a whole universe that has the fingerprint of God on it. There's a heaven that has the fingerprint of God on it. The moon and the stars which you have ordained. You know what that word ordained means? That means ordered. Do you realize no matter what anybody does, the moon's going to keep rising. I mean, the, the moon's going to keep rising. The, the sun's going to keep rising. We know it's not really rising, but the sun's going to keep rising and the sun is, is going to keep setting. The moon is going to keep shining. Nothing's going to stop it. Why? Because God has ordained it. Amen. God has what? Ordained it. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? So from here, we see that God is thinking about us all the time. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Your human creation is so amazing. The Bible says you're made a little lower than the angels. Now, it's not talking about um, less insignificance. Actually, your significance is greater than angels. It's talking about a little lower in physical ability and mental ability. Angels are smarter than us, stronger than us, all that stuff. But they are not redeemed people. And they have a lower significance than us. Do you understand that? So we say a little lower than the angels. Don't think significance. Because if you think significance, you'll be a person who, who will want to worship an angel. Why would you worship something that's lower than you? Insignificance. How do we know that they're lower than us in significance? Hebrews explains it very well. He said, Jesus does not give aid to angels, but to the seed of Abraham. They don't get my help. They don't get my, my, my um, intercession. I don't pray for angels. I didn't die for angels. I died for humans. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't become an angel. I became a human. God became a what? Human. The Bible says this mystery is so great that it's seen of angels. They're like, what in the world? Yahweh, the living God, became flesh. That's how important you are. Somebody say, I'm important. I'm important. 
Somebody say, I'm significant. Somebody say, I really do matter. Hallelujah. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. Somebody say, glory and honor is on my life. Does anybody know what glory and honor means? Does anybody know what glory and honor means? Can you guess? But says you've been crowned with glory and honor. What does that mean? This is for every human being. Saved and unsaved. What does that mean? Yes, would you say? God's likeness, yes. We're made in the image and likeness of God. That's really good. You can't get better than being made in the image and likeness of God. <laughs> Anybody else? Glory and honor. We're given prestige. Exactly. Prestige. When we're talking about the glory of something, we're talking about the prestige of something. How beautiful it is. How amazing it is. Everything has its own glory. You know, the, the, the animal kingdom has their glory. When you see a lion, you see how he walks. And you see a leopard. And you see a tiger. You see how they walk. Don't they walk with glory, with honor, with prestige? That's something that God gave them. When you see a human being, you see glory on them. You see our, our ability to think, our ability to worship, our ability to create. Look, look at the bridges we've made. That's the glory of man. Look at the skyscrapers we've made. That's the glory of man. Look at the world that we have with 8 billion people that through procreation, that's the glory of man. We went from two people to 8 billion today. That's the glory of man. Hallelujah. Look at the, the, the jets and the airplanes that we made. That's the glory of man. We've been crowned with glory and honor. Amen. Amen. Every day, somebody, somebody's inventing something. Do you know that inventions have not stopped? Because of the glory of man. Uh, what's that? What's that? No, all my Jamaican people, where you at? Raise, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're Jamaican. Come on, come on, come on. Look at Shari. What's her name? Shari Richardson? Shakar, whatever her name is. What's her name? Shakari. Shakari Richardson. She's not Jamaican? Oh my God. What is she? No, but I thought Shakari Richardson ran for America, but she was Jamaican. Are you guys sure? With all those colors, she ain't Jamaican? <laughs> okay. I thought she was Jamaican. Okay, who's Jamaican? Sharika Jackson? Okay, Sharika Jackson and Shari Richardson. Shakari, thank you, Shakari. Man, you gotta get regular names, man. <laughs> Shakari Richardson, Sharika Jackson. Okay, I know about Sharika Jackson. I see her running for Jamaica. Okay, so she, all right. But she won too? Okay, but we talk about Shakari. So Shakari, Shakari, see how she got messed up with the, with the weed. People thought she was down for the count, but she came back. She just won another 100 meters. That's the glory of man. You see all the people you see in the, in, in, in the Olympics and all this running, and we keep getting faster. That's the glory of man. They say, oh, you, you can't go this fast many years ago. And people broke that record and then broke that record and broke the record. They're still breaking the records. That's the glory of man. Do you understand what it means to be crowned with glory? So you shouldn't live your life without excellence, without 
producing something without becoming great in some way because you've been crowned with what? Glory. So when you live uh, what I call a dry, bum life, you're wasting your glory. I'm serious. You're wasting your glory. You're just sitting in a house watching TV. You're wasting your glory. You're watching somebody else manifest glory. Okay, can somebody give me what honor, what honor means? You're crowned with glory and honor. Not just glory, not just honor. Glory and honor. What does that mean? Respect. That's very good. Anybody else? Yes. Status. That's good. I like that. Respect, status. Nobody says, let's give glory and honor to the Lord. What does that mean? Respect. Reverence to elevate, praise is very good. To elevate, the Bible is saying that you are an elevated person. Somebody say, I'm elevated. elevated. David uses a statement. It's something that the Lord spoke to me. I knew that it was a scripture, but I didn't know where it was. One day, I heard the voice of God, and this is what he said to me. I knew what he was talking about. You don't, you don't need to know what he was talking about. He said to me, don't lay your honor in the dust. And I was like, wow. And I knew the scripture, so I began to look for it. And the same thing that David said. He talked about laying honor in the dust. When you look at your life, when you look at yourself over the years, because most of us are adults in here, a few kids in here. Have you laid your elevation as a human being in the dust? Have you laid what God has given you in the dust, what God has made you in the dust? Have you settled for something, you know, dust settles. Have you settled for something in your life that you shouldn't be settled with? Let me tell you something, I have lived for a long time and as much as I've done, I realize I haven't done that much. You know why? Because of distractions, like I told you a few weeks ago. You can be so distracted that you've missed your whole life. And Satan is a master deceiver. And by being a master deceiver, guess what he is also? He's a master distractor. He will send distractions in your life to keep you from your real calling, your real purpose, and actually living an elevated life. Instead of you spending so much time looking at other people and what they're doing and what they're not doing, look at yourself. What am I doing? What am I not doing? The good news is you have the crown. And so if you have been living beneath your privileges, if you have been living and putting your honor in the dust, it doesn't have to stay there. It can change today. It can change tonight. Other people are making scores of money and you're not. Why is that? Can you tell me? Is it because you're stupid and they're smart? Or is it because they're doing something with their honor and you're not? Hallelujah. 
like as a, as a people, we're, we are waking up. I'm so happy. Let's clap for us. I see black people all over social media making scores of money now. Young adults, it's a new generation. Because they woke up and said, no, this is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this poverty thing. Religious people, some of us Christians have woken up, but some of us still haven't woken up. In our church, I think we're waking up, but there's a lot more that we can do. You have to get out of routine that you've been given, that you've been handed to keep you at a low place and realize I can have the millions, the billions, and the trillions also. It's all about how you think. How you what? Think. You've heard all the stories about the YouTubers making millions and making this and making that. You have a phone. You have YouTube. But you, have, you yourself, now I'm not talking about necessarily you personally, I'm talking about in general, all of us, the culture, you yourself have done nothing with it. You see little kids from other cultures making 5 million, 10 million, 20 million, doing little stupid videos on YouTube. And they are stupid. <laughs> but they're still making millions, right? But parents know this, but parents will not sit their kid down and say, hey, let's learn to do this. That's laying your honor in the dust. Oh, just go ahead and watch TV. Laying your honor in the dust. You want something different, but you're not doing anything different. James says, you are deceived. He said, what? You're deceived. You, you, he said, you need to, he said, Being a hearer of the word only and not a doer makes you a deceived person. The word is not just the Bible word. That's what he's talking about. But the word is what's happening. You know the answer, but you're doing nothing with the answer. He said that's a deception. And you're still saying, I want to change. You don't. Somebody said, I'm going to do something with the answer. Now watch this. I'm going to bust a little bubble because we're talking about think dominion, right? Yeah. All right. I, I'm going to get to the dominion scripture in a minute. Don't be offended by what I'm going to say. Because I'm not against education. But it's throwing yourself in school is not the answer for dominion. Necessarily. It could be. But what happens is some people just throw themselves in school because that's what the world told you to do. That's what makes you feel important. Is it about feeling important or is it about manifesting destiny? Is it about saying, I went to this school? Or is it about manifesting destiny? Because there's people going to Villanova, NYU... Uh, what are the other top schools? What's that one in California? UCLA. UCLA? No, what's, what's the big one? The one that's like the top school. Stanford. Stanford. You got people going to Harvard. Thank you. Going to Little York College, Baruch College, and millionaires. And they're paying their 
school on off. So what's really happening? I went to Villanova, I went to uh, uh, Princeton, but I got $200,000 worth of debt. This kid went to the little uh, uh, city school and it's worth $10 million. Who's the smart one? Who's the smart one? Who's the smart one? Yeah, you don't want to say it because you're feeling that right now. Who's the smart one? The one with the 10 million. That's the smart one. Now, why did this happen? Because the world system has a way to go. I'm not against education. Every nation has education. They have excelled. But the education game right now is a big scam. Killing people financially with very little results. You think I don't know what I'm talking about? Just, just, just go read, please. Just go read some articles out there. I'm not against going to school. We have educated people in our church. We need educated people in our church make money. But what I'm saying is, don't get so proud and so numb to thinking that you don't think for yourself and realize, you know what? This ain't really producing that much results. Dominion equals what? Results. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. You have given, you have crowned with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the pass through the pass of the seas. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. So now this is, of course, an agricultural, an agricultural society at this time. There was no technology like we have today. But today, David was speaking differently. Now, we do have beasts of the air. We have dominion over that, fish of the sea, the pass through the pass of the sea. The fact that you have fish in your freezer means you have dominion over the fish. Amen? The fish ain't fishing for you. Amen? The beast ain't slicing you up and having steak. Maurice steak for dinner. <laughs> but, that, but, but that's what you're doing. That's a form of dominion. But the dominion now has, has, has increased because our society has increased. Knowledge has increased. So it's not just beast, air. We have planes. That's our dominion. The fact that we can fly, that's dominion. We're, we're going against um, the, the law of gravity with the law of lift. That's dominion. Man didn't have that a few thousand years ago, but God allowed knowledge to increase. You think David thought that there could be a, a, a flying plane? No. But now thousands of years later, behold, we're flying JetBlue and a few crazy Spirit Airlines. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> you know? British Airways, whatever, flight, Atlantic, Delta, I mean, American Airlines, whatever. That's dominion. But the dominion, that's, the, that's dominion from a group point of view as a human. I want to ask you, how are you manifesting dominion personally? Personally, how are you manifesting dominion? So when I was meditating and thinking about this, I have a few questions to ask you that I want you to ask yourself. I call, this is what I, I, I made this up. I'm calling them dominion questions. Somebody say dominion questions. How many want to manifest dominion? It's one thing to have dominion. It's another thing to manifest dominion. 
Say this with me. It's one thing to have dominion. It's another thing to manifest dominion. You already have dominion. You need to go to God, say, God, give me dominion. Jesus, give me dominion. He's going to say, I already gave it to you. When you were born, you were born with it. So I say, I have dominion. Then you got born again, you got spiritual dominion. So you can cast out demons. Regular human beings are not saved, can't do that. You can. Glory to God. You can pray and heaven will hear you. Angels will attend to you. When you get born again, you have authority in the spiritual realm. So now, those of us who are born again, we really need to be making things happen. Because I don't want you, I said this many times, I'm going to say it again, I'm going to keep saying it. I don't want none of you to get to heaven and Jesus say, look at all that you could have had. All you could have done. And you're like, what? Because you, he, and he'll say to you, if you, well, hopefully he won't, if you listen to what I'm saying. He's going to say, the reason why you produce so little is because you didn't change your thinking. You have a born-again spirit. My spirit lived in you. Some of you got back to the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, going into the heavenlies in, in the spirit, but your thinking is still screwed up. So you manifested little, you produced little fruit. But come on in. They're waiting for you. <laughs> There's your mansion. You don't want that. You don't want to be the person that goes to heaven and says, all that I could have done. And look at other believers who've gone before you who have great rewards and great glory in heaven because they did so much on the earth for the Lord and they manif manifested so much just in their general life. So I say, I'm going to be Come on, let's talk, guys. I'm going to be a dominion manifester. I'm going to be large and in charge. Somebody say large and in charge. Before I get to these questions, I'm going to tell you something that the Lord has shown me as a pastor about me manifesting dominion more with the members. He said, stop talking so much. Pray more. You don't need to talk so much. You don't need to be bothered by people. Just pray. Let me do the work. But you open that mouth and pray. And that's what I'm doing now. Praying, 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 praying. Things that the Holy Ghost has given me. Pray this for this person. Pray this for that person. Pray. Don't, don't, don't fight with people. Don't, just pray. The things I need you to tell people, you will tell them. After that, pray. Amen. 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 Parents, teach your children all that you can. After that, what? pray and be led by the spirit um brother avi um recently um had an impression when he was when he was hanging out with some people this is just something for you to protect you don't let hanging out cloud you well you're not sensitive to the holy ghost he sensed something was going to be wrong with one of his children he saw it he saw exactly what's going to happen in the spirit, and he dismissed himself from his company and went to the bathroom and prayed. Canceled the devil's assignment. And his child was saved. Somebody say glory to God. That's spiritual dominion. That's partnership with the Holy Spirit. That's saving your family. All right. Here's the questions you should ask yourself. Where am I? I'm going to give you five questions to ask yourself so you can manifest greater dominion. 
Where am I? Is that the question that God asked Adam when he gave away his dominion? His spiritual dominion. He said, where are you? And even some of his natural dominion, the world system. He said, where are you, Adam? Eve, where are you? God did God not know where they were? Yeah, God knew where they were. When God asked you a question, it's not for him, it's for you. Ask yourself, where am I? Talk about where am I in life? Where am I in my relationships? Where am I in my financial increase? We already passed this, the, the whole thing about God wants to be poor. You don't even, nobody even thinks that anymore. If you do, you need to really go to Sunday school or something. We, we passed that. Jesus was poor. Everybody was poor. No, come on, stop. Where am I financially? How much real estate do I own? Where am I in my parenting? Where am I in my marriage? Where am I in my dedication to my church? Who am I serving in my church? Is everything when I come here about me or am I serving other people manifesting dominion? Because Jesus said, whoever is the servant of all will be the greatest of all. Is Pastor Maurice going to be the only one taking this one out, taking that one out? No, I need to take somebody out. Is Pastor Maurice going to be the only one discipling somebody? No, I need to call that person. I need to pray for them. I need to disciple them. Is Pastor Maurice going to be the only one laying hands on people to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? No, I need to do that. Is Pastor Maurice going to be the only one laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover? No, I need to do that. Is he going to be the only one moving the gifts of the Spirit? No, I need to move in the gifts of the Spirit. Is Pastor Fabian going to be the only one giving people good counseling? No, I need to learn how to counsel people. Is Pastor Michelle going to be the only one inviting kids over our house and having fun with them, eating pizza and doing whatever they do? No, I need to do that. Amen. Amen. Where are you in your life? All right. Number two. No, it's not four, five questions, two, it's four. Sorry. How did I get there? How did I get there? In order for you to move in dominion and manifest power, you have to know the root cause of why you're stuck if you're stuck. And if you're not stuck and you're excelling, you need to know that too, so you can keep doing the same thing. And then tell others what to do so they can excel also. That this is what worked for me. You see like Oprah, you see how much she's excelled from the poverty of Mississippi she came from? You know what her, she knows where she came from. You know what her, one of her things she says? You got to read. She says reading is the foundation of greatness. That's her journey. And she's telling everybody, be a reader. Today, she's worth $3.5 billion. And guess what she's still doing? reading so that's one of her keys read I'm like man this girl this lady is running production companies going to every party here party there she got this big mansion she out there going to her garden got, got a school over in Africa 
doing crazy stuff. And she still finds the time to read. We heard this statement when we were kids. Readers are what? Everybody. Readers are? Everybody. Readers are leaders. How did I get here? Am I living in tradition? Is that why I'm not really manifesting dominion? Am I, am, I, am I being lazy? Do I have low self-esteem and I think I can't really do it? How did I get here? Did my mama put me down? Did my daddy put me down? Was I molested and that molestation is still messing with my mind? Whatever it is, you have to confront it and you have to deal with it so that you can manifest dominion. You've got to think differently. Now, it's going to be tough when you, when you, as Paul calls it, examine yourself. When you look yourself in the mirror. Because you know what happens is sometimes we're dealing with parental mess ups. Generational curses that we don't want to confront. You got to confront it. My mother knows I confront it. My dad knows I confront it. One time I had a conversation with my mother. Well, actually, we had two. <laughs> People said, I can't believe you said this to her. Because we didn't have the best relationship. And I told her, why I don't like you. What? You said it to your mother? I sure did. Because I knew if that wasn't dealt with, our relationship couldn't get better. It's better. It's awesome. We can laugh, we can joke, we can everything. Now, my mother is still not that kind of like, I want to talk about the issues type of person. <laughs> but that's okay. She, she'll, she'll get there. But I am. <laughs> Amen. You got to take courage. If you have a friendship conflict, you got to be able to talk to your friend and say, yo, you, you, I don't like the way you're acting with me. I don't like the way we're, we're, we're dealing with each other. You're really, you're really not a good friend. Or you got to say, I'm not a good friend. And you got to be able to say sorry to people if you messed up. Just the other day, I made a joke about Alex when I introduced him to my uncle. I always joke, you know me. But the Holy Ghost said that was too far. And I had to come to agreement. I could have pushed it off. Nah, nah, nah. He said, that wasn't a good joke. That wasn't good. That's not, that's not what you do. So I called Alex and I apologized to him. He said, oh, Pastor, I don't remember that. It's okay. I said, yeah, it's okay for you, but not the Holy Ghost. I don't, I'm not living my life even if he's not offended. I'm living my life if the Holy Ghost is offended. That's how you go further. Amen. But many times, and thank you for your grace, Alex, but many times, people are offended. But we just ignore it. Oh, no, just deal with me. I, you, know, you know how I am. No, 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 no. The Bible says be gentle. The Bible says be kind. Hello, fruit of the Spirit, people. I know fruit of the Spirit ain't popular. Ain't nobody preaching that. Ain't nobody coming to stadiums to hear about the fruit of the Spirit. I got to be in self-control. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what makes you look glorious. This is what makes you have dominion. Do you know that one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control? Do you know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs about self-control? That if you can control yourself, you can master anything? That's what, that's what 
Solomon said, who was the richest guy on the planet. He said, if you self-mastery before you master other things. These questions are about self-mastery. Self-dominion. You can control your anger, you good. But if you wilding out in anger, you ain't good. You know how people have destroyed their lives with their anger? Look at all the football players with multiple million dollars of contracts and they're beating their girlfriends and getting fired. Stupid. Somebody said very, right? Very stupid. First of all, you don't do that to a woman. But second of all, even if you do have that inclination, go to group therapy or something, I'm not losing my money. Because <laughs> when you sign the contract, there's a morality clause. And there should be. And you're losing deals with Nike and deals with this one because you don't can't control your anger. You're a fool. Keep your zipper up, your anger in control, and make your money, bro. But we don't have self-mastery. You can lose it all. All right. Why, third question, why am I still here? Whether it's negative or positive. If you're stuck, why am I still stuck? If you're not stuck, why am I excelling? Because whatever the pattern is or the system is that's good, keep it going. Why am I still here? The man who was at the Pool of Bethesda for with, 30, with a disease for 38 years. You know why we're still there? Because we're still making excuses. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? He said, yo, uh, Jesus, when, when I go to that, to that pool and the angel stirs it up and people get miraculous healed, by the time I get there, somebody else already went into it and then it's over. He said, Jesus said, you really going to keep using that excuse? You're going to keep really using that excuse? He says, take up your bed and walk, man. That's the key to manifesting dominion, going further. Get up. And walk. Get up. Somebody say, get up. Get up. Get up. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, get up. get up. Sometimes you have to get up on the inside. Hallelujah. Sometimes people are laying down and lame on the inside, in their mind, in their will, in their emotions. Jesus is telling you, get up. And walk. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm ready to get up. No more excuses. No more just walling, watching TV and just chilling. Um, Steve always said, there's too much chilling going on. That's what he said in one of his interviews in Ebony Magazine. He said, what was the problem with, with us? He said, there's too much chilling going on. Everybody chilling. I can never forget that. Somebody say, stop chilling. Yes, rest in the Lord, but stop chilling. Jesus was the epitome of rest, but he did so much work. One of his disciples says, if we can write everything he did, I don't think the books could contain it. So what you see in the four Gospels is a snapshot of what Jesus did. It's not all that he did. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Jesus is the kind of person, he'll be in church today, like right now how we are, He'll talk like we do, go have lunch, and then come back and have a big healing meeting all night long. 
this culture, no, we're going home. We're going to chill for the rest of the day. We're going to go watch our Netflix, watch our thing. We're going to get ready for school tomorrow. No, 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 no. Jesus was killing it, making it happen. Whatever it is you're called to do, whatever it is you want to do, whatever your dream is, make it happen. Stop chilling. Amen. 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 Stop saying, I can't do it. Now, I know some of us need encouragement. Listen, Jesus sent you encouragement. Stop the chilling. Why am I still here? You got to ask yourself that question. Number four, this is the last one. What am I going to do to manifest more dominion in the earth? What am I going to do? Ask yourself that question. What am I going to do? You have to have a plan for progress. Somebody say a plan, a plan. for progress. What am I going to do? Tony Robbins, great motivational speaker, says the thing's going to give you a breakthrough is massive action. I love that term. Massive action. We should celebrate your one step. But if we're still bringing you one step after five years, we have a problem. Who wants more dominion? Who's willing to sit with themselves and create a plan? If you're not willing to sit with yourself and create a plan, you're not going nowhere. The Bible says that if you don't have vision, you will what? Perish. One translation says that without vision, watch this, the people cast off restraint. Another translation says, without vision, the people run wild. Ask yourself the question, is my life running wild? Things there, things there, things there everything's going crazy. It's all because there's no vision. Have a vision for your relationships, for your marriage, for your parenting. Hello? Amen. You see, these guys right here, I can use them. These, these are my leaders. They have a vision for their kids. They have a vision for their marriage. And so guess what? These kids, there's a restraint. There's, not a, there's a joy in their life, but there's also a restraint in their life. I had a dream about something concerning their kids in July. I gave it to Pastor Patrick. He confirmed that the dream was very accurate and in line with how he thought. So it reaffirmed what he already planned to do with his kids. God will even give you supernatural dreams of comfort confirming words so you can stay on course because God is interested in you getting to your destination and manifesting dominion. Gone are the days of you being a big deal because you're a doctor and a lawyer. It's gone. Don't get me wrong. Being a doctor and a lawyer is still a big deal, but that's the only thing going on now. 
you got a man dressing up in in what's those things called? Those, no, those, those farmer things. Overalls, making millions, looking stupid on YouTube. He's making more than the brain surgeon, more than the neurologist, more than anybody else because he's just some big dude. What's his name? You guys know his name? That, 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 huh? Mr. Beast. I don't know who he is. Some white guy puts on overalls and acting like a kid, like Pee Wee Herman. Social media is a new frontier. I don't do all that front, all, all that social media. I don't want about any, I don't want about any, all, all, all my business getting my information. Honey, if you got a phone that got your information, haven't you talked and realized that they're advertising things because they heard you talk? They have cameras outside following you. You can't even go 10 miles big without getting a ticket. They got your information, hun. There's a digital footprint with you already. So get your butt on social media. Get on TikTok, get on Instagram, get on Facebook. And get a part of the culture. It ain't going nowhere. Preachers are like, oh, get off of Facebook. Get, no, you're dumb. This is what they told the church several decades ago. They called the television the one-eyed beast. And someone said, God had brought the television technology for the preaching of the gospel. We got it later. So guess what happened? The world took the television waves. So now you got the church, the born-again person, the righteous person, paying all the money to the sinner to be on television when we should have had it first. Don't say, don't, let's not make the same mistake again. Let's get on social media, make the millions, have the influence, and bring the people to Jesus. Amen. Hello? Don't get on social media fighting with people over doctrine and stuff like that. That's ridiculous. That's, that's old news. Get on social media and make a, make a statement, make a name. Amen. If you're a preacher, get on there. If you're a teacher, get on there. If you're a singer, get on there. If you're a comedian, get on there. Nobody wants you at their bar. Go on social media and make some, some comedy videos and become famous and come to my church. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You got, I was telling John, you got chiropractors all over social media. Got celebrities talking about so, certain chiropractors. Social media is the new frontier. Somebody say new frontier. And there's other frontiers out there. Take your place. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, take your place. Your kid wants to act, send them to acting school. Anybody? Now, I know everybody's not into, you know, the dangerous TV shows. But anybody watch Power? The Power series? Anybody watch Tommy? Tommy's my guy. Anybody like Tommy? Raise your hand if you like Tommy. The Force. Okay, only a few of you. The rest of you are corny. All right, that's okay. Everywhere I go, everywhere when people talk about Tommy, they say, oh, he's an amazing actor. He is. But people don't realize he's been trained classically. Tommy has done plays. Those like really, those old like British European plays. He's a classically, uh, Denzel Washington is a classically trained actor. He's not just making 20 million a film because he's just some handsome guy. He his dad was a preacher. He probably wanted him to be a preacher. I think he did. His dad was a bishop in the Church of God in Christ. And, but he went the acting route. Now he's really speaking about his faith now more. 
but he's made millions by just acting and getting good at it. So it doesn't matter what you do, just be good at it. Amen. And manifest dominion. If you're not manifesting dominion, guess what? You're not that good. Hello? Somebody say hello? And be honest with yourself if you're not that good. Amen. Somebody say, when you're honest, you'll go further. I have one more point, but it's, it's late. We're going to stop here. Let's stand to our feet. We ain't going home yet. We're going to stand right now. I want to see how the Lord wants to do this. We're going to make some confessions of faith. Somebody say faith confessions. Somebody say a confession a day keeps the devil away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say with me. Say I am a person of great dominion. I've been crowned with glory and honor. I am someone very special. I am someone very significant. I have a lot. I have a lot. Not a little. A lot to offer this world. And I'm going to offer it. In the name of Jesus. I'm not going to be limited. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to think differently. And I'm going to manifest great dominion in Jesus' name. Amen. God and shouts. Hallelujah. Say, I am a person of great dominion. I will not. I shall not. Lay my, honor Lay my honor in the dust. In the dust. I, will I will not settle. I will not settle. I will, not settle. I will only accept, I will only accept God's, best God's best for my life, for my, life. For my family, for my, for my church. For my church. In, Jesus in Jesus' name. I will only accept, will only accept that, which is good, that which is good, that which is a blessing. That which is positive. That which will take me to the next level. In Jesus' name. I will not go down. I will not go down. I'm only going up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glad and shout. Hallelujah. Come on, shout. Rejoice! Say, I will leave my mark on this planet in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's rejoice.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're not saved in this place, I want you to say this. Salvation comes by a confession. And we're not going to all say it together with you. I'm not even going to call you down like I usually do for people. But if you are not saved, you want to get saved, just simply say, Jesus, you did everything. I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. I repent for my sinful life. And I receive you as my Savior. And right there, boom, you're going to be born again. You're going to go from darkness to light. And you're going to not just have natural dominion, you're going to have spiritual dominion. And your name, watch this, your name is going to be written in the book of life. And Jesus says, you will not be hurt by the second death. The second death is eternal damnation. That means there's no more chances for you. When you die, that is it. You're going to meet the Lord in his great white throne judgment. And then at the end, you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. But that doesn't have to be your story. All you have to do is be born again. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You must be born again. Born of the spirit and of the water. Hallelujah. And that's how it happens. Just say, Jesus, save me. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. And that shall not be put to shame. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. If you're not done that, you should do that today. Here or at your house, walking down the street, say, Jesus, save me. And you're going to see eternal life is going to come into your spirit. All your sins are going to be washed away. Your sin nature is going to, be, it's going to disappear and you become a new person on the inside. Thank you, Lord. If you need to be healed in your body, lift your hands as I speak this word to you and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be set free in Jesus' name. I take authority over every sickness and disease in this auditorium. And I say, go. Spirit of infirmities, go. Sickness, go. Disease, go. In the name of Jesus. Father, stretch forth your hand over this congregation. Let your healing power flow and fall upon their body in the name of Jesus. If you are sick, you're going to feel a warmth. You're going to feel the hand of God come upon you. And healing is flowing into your body, into your internal organs, into your bones, in Jesus' name, into your brain cells, into your hearing. Your hearing will increase, will improve in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Your eyesight will improve. Your sense of taste and smell will improve in Jesus' name. Your heart will be healed. If you need a new heart, God will give you a new heart. If you need new lungs, he will give you new lungs. If you need new body parts, God is the God of creative miracles. He will give you new body parts. Just receive it. Say, I receive it. I receive new body parts in Jesus' name. Great testimonies of things change. If you need uh, um, bone marrow, he'll give you bone marrow. A lot of people are dealing with thyroid issues. Be healed of a thyroid issue if you have it. Be healed of it in Jesus' name. Be normal in your thyroid. I command it to be normal in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Low energy disappear. High energy appear. Praise God. Jesus, be a B12 to us. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you may be seated. Um, we got to take the offering.